Hi, Bob. Hey, Kevin. How's it going today? Well, it's going pretty good because uh, you had a the great idea fairy arrived. Yeah. We have a special guest in studio. Grant, you want to say hey? Hey, how's it going, guys? This is why Grant. <laughs> why don't you tell everybody who you are, why you're here? Uh, yeah, my, my name is Grant and I am Kevin's son. So I got invited on the show by Bob just like <laughs> 10 minutes ago. And I was like, sure. And of course... We're 30 minutes after our normal record time because Bob's great idea means I've got to find cables that <laughs> I wasn't planning on finding. So. Here at the but Bob and Kevin show, we always like to challenge ourselves. So there you have it. We set a challenge. <sighs> so one challenge that we have is, is coming up with a freaking topic because I think the last time we had an episode was several weeks ago and we've kind of had life happen and we kind of said, oh, we have really nothing to talk about. Just same old, same old, right? Yeah, I think we got tired of talking about the world on fire. So, you know, we need a little mental health break and found out through the grapevine that Grant had some uh, so topics that he wanted us to talk about. So that's part of the reason why he's here. You are listening to The Bob and Kevin Show with Bob Beattybar and Kevin Gieszewski. Each week we cover relevant tech and social issues related to technology. Our website is bobandkevin.show. And our episodes can be found virtually on any podcast network. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Just search for Bob and Kevin Show. So, yeah, what are we so, going to talk about today, Grant? Well, <laughs> let's, let's disclaim real quick. If, if this episode's terrible... We've already decided it's Grant's fault because <laughs> he kept throwing ideas at me. So I, I will I will jog his memory real quick. One thing that he wanted us to talk about was that uh, absinthe or no, that's, that's alcohol. Uh, <laughs> absinthe or whatever yeah, it's called. Yeah, I forget right? the name of it. Uh, Synthesizer uh, software? No. Oh, now I got to go look in our yeah. chat history. I forget the name. It's called... Absinthe. Okay, I was close. Episode E B S Y N T H. Bob, I think I sent you some. Oh, that's the painting app, right? Painting the video painting app. That's one of the purposes for it. Yes. So I've seen, yeah, I've seen some things where you can do like deep fake stuff. Um, I don't know if you know about the Irishman on Netflix, but or I think it's called Irishman on Netflix. But basically, um, they did like some de aging effects and. Typically, you need like a really, really um, expensive software and like it's pretty involved process usually, but this is like a simpler way of doing it. Um, and usually what you do is you take one frame from like the video essentially, and then uh, you put it in Photoshop, do all the changes. And as long as the frame uh, doesn't change too much in the actual like original source, then you're able to basically overlay that and then it changes like the entire sequence. Yeah, I saw some demos where as long as the main character was pretty static and that's where the effects were being applied, um, it did a pretty good job. But if like the main character's head was moving side to side a lot, it had a hard time with the wrapping of the shadows and stuff like that, right? Yeah, and I, I think that's that's understandable. Obviously, it's like you can only do so much with one frame. And like I, I have seen that you can basically do multiple keyframes. So you basically do more than one uh, Photoshop thing and change it basically when the person turns their, their head or whatever. So 
um, that's one way you can get around it. But I've also seen it where you can like add certain things to the frame. So the one I thought was really funny was it was a Titanic scene and they added a mask to it. So it was really funny in 2020 fashion. So, <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's oh, like painted making... masks onto the characters. Nice. <laughs> yeah. And it looks really like real pretty much. So it's looking like deep fakes are not getting any, uh, well, I guess they are getting easier, right? Well, that's interesting that you guys both brought up the deep fake aspect of it because I can see like, all right, well, let's, let's not get into the world burning necessarily again, but let's talk <laughs> about a couple weeks ago, dear leader got sick. The thoughts and opinions of Bob and Kevin of the Bob and Kevin show are exclusively the thoughts of Bob and Kevin and not the thoughts of their employers past present and probably not future. So, in effect, they could use video footage to make him look less sick then. That's not really a deep fake, but it could improve his appearance and therefore calm stock markets or something like that in general, right? Or if you're playing, you know, the other side of the equation, it could make him look worse, right? Oh, yeah. I didn't even think about that. I mean, I mean, you could, I could see both use cases. I mean, we had the Nancy Pelosi one where it makes her look like she's old and drunk. Well, at least, you know, one of those two wasn't true. So <laughs> <laughs> I'll let you decide which one. So would we classify those as deep fakes or more like shallow fakes? Because it's not really, because the deep fake kind of the idea is that someone else is voicing or mouthing, you know, it's almost like putting words in someone else's mouth where this is just kind of like maybe not telling the absolute truth about the entire footage. Well, I was trying, you sent me a video from the Lincoln Project the other day and it was with Trump. And honestly, I couldn't tell. Is this like just cut together video or is this a deep faked video? Do you know? And I'm pretty sure with the stuff that they do, he's got such a broad and diverse catalog of <laughs> juicy footage. Outrageous things. Yeah. I don't think they have to edit him to be fair. Like, I don't think they have to deep fake him. I think they can just grab clips, but I, you know, I don't work for the Lincoln project. So, Grant, I thought that would be a pretty sweet gig for you, depend you know, considering you how much know what video the Lincoln Project is. Uh, no, I don't know what that is. Bob, you want to tell him, or I can tell him. Well, I mean, I think we could both tell him. Uh, on its surface, it's kind of almost like a political action group, but they put together a lot of media um, to go viral, basically on social media. But it's mm -hmm. it's very pro democratic agenda. It's, you know, very anti-Trump candidacy, but they do some really creative stuff. And that's why I thought of you. Not so much the political aspect of it, but the creative aspect of the video. Yeah, I mean, I've thought about doing like political ads. I feel like they have a lot of money that they could put behind it. So I feel like, I mean, obviously at the end of the day, I want to make money. And if they can do that, then whatever. And then I remember when you did that one thing for the Columbia City mayor, right? He's, one he's looking at me. He, the kid will learn how radio oh, works. Oh, sorry, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny yeah uh what do you mean the one for Mary well Daniel? i mean yeah because that's like a, that's like small oh, scale obviously yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so i did i did oh what year was that it was like 2012 10 i did a political ad never did one before then i did a follow-up um but yeah those are kind of interesting to make but nowadays did you so do different. smeary guy voice? No, uh, <laughs> it was a, it was all positive because okay. I don't think I would have agreed to doing anything negative. It's Candidate A likes <laughs> to squish puppies between his bare toes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, so uh, anyway, this, this software is free, right, Grant? 
Uh, EVSynth, yes, yes, it is free. And Did you download you it and play with it? it yet? Yeah, I have tried it. Um, basically, what I saw the use for me is like um, a popular thing in the NFL slash college realm is like when a player wants to switch a team or switch to a, like a different team, they do jersey swaps, and that's a thing that a lot of people can do with Photoshop usually, and obviously it's usually with an image only, and um, you can get away with like really easy like switching out the jerseys, but like making it move on people is not the easiest of things. I've seen it done um, in different fashions, like using After Effects, which is a video, like an extreme video vi visual effects software. And you can get away with it, but I thought it would be a better process for me to use this because you only have to do like a couple frames and then it like tries to put it on it. Um, the have clip you tried I one? Used, yeah, I did try one. And first of all, my Photoshop skills aren't the greatest, but I mean, I did like a simple like color like switch just to see if that would work and like stay on them. Um, the thing is like, I probably picked a clip that wasn't the best to try it on. Like you have to find a clip that really, really like allows the software to work well or else it's not going to work well. So um, I might try it again, but I think I would need to do more keyframes if I wanted to do it like very effectively. But I think it'd be something that a lot of like um, social media accounts might like pay me for if I could do like really realistic ones. So while Grant's catching his breath after all that, um, <laughs> a little context for uh, the casual listener. Grant does what I... I think what you call hype videos for sports athletes. And so at, he's still in something teen right now, but he's for years been working with professional athletes, NCAA division one athletes doing all kinds of great stuff. So uh, I'm pretty sure we have a live read at some point in this uh, episode for, for a sponsor, but I'm going to go ahead and drop um, Grant's credentials here. He's, he does really awesome videos I was driving around at went to Dunkin' Donuts today and you know you drive along you're like hey there's a cool marketing sign where do you buy one of those you know if I just need like some like sign on the side where do I buy one of those and I'm like I don't know you, you got to know a guy or something well grants this guy if you need a video right hey I need a video marketing video where do I get one of those I guess I could make one download photoshop or I can get a guy he's your guy yes so but he doesn't and no connection to digital signage right just wanted to make sure no, no connection. No. So Grant's, I've been trying to encourage him to get into more diverse stuff, but his thing right now is athletes, uh, car commercials. He does, he start car commercials. I really like him to get into real estate because that's just, you know, a hot market right now, but anything that's a medium that can be on a YouTube ad, you've been doing some YouTube ads, right? Yeah. I've been trying to get into like, not just producing the videos, but also like knowing what to do with the videos like after you make them. So like doing pre-roll ads and stuff on YouTube, the stuff that you hate because you have to watch five seconds before you can skip. <laughs> I only hate it when I'm not making money on it. <laughs> Full disclosure. Because I have ads monetized on my YouTube channel. So I make my three cents a day or whatever. Nice. Right. Well, and te technically, oh, go ahead, Grant. No, you can go ahead. <laughs> well, I was going to say technically it's Kevin's turn to do the live read, but I'm going to guess he's not prepared. I'm guessing um, that Bob is putting me on the spot, and he is correct. <laughs> All right, next episode you have to do the live read. But oh, do uh, we have like? Do we actually? I mean, so because we have all these sponsors, and clearly we have a protocol in place for this that I'm just totally 
um, not in the no on. Do we have actual text to read somewhere that I would be able to read, Bob? Yeah, I thought he emailed it to us both, but maybe I didn't provide it to you. So anyway, oh, well, that could be my bad because I don't really check email unless I'm look. I'm expecting an email. And we do have a Slack channel, so um, I do know our sound engineer listens to our... Um, he uh, has to. <laughs> ...pod, because, yeah, for obvious reasons. So if he would be so kind to just drop it into our Bob and Kevin show Slack channel, I'll or, go ahead and read that next time. Or I can do it as well. But anyway, Yay. speaking of the guy that does our audio each episode, today's episode is brought to you by Beatty Bar Media our sound engineer slash producer slash whatever we ask him to do uh, person is Josh Beatty bar. Full disclosure. He is my son and Josh, you will be on the spot next week as well. Like grant is this week. I think we're going to make this son's month here on the Bob and Kevin show. But anyway, Getting on with the live read, Beatty Bar Media is an online editing and production company that specializes in music, podcasts, like the Bob and Kevin show, production of video, <clears throat> wow, production and video services uh, for creators of all backgrounds. Uh, Beatty Bar Media is efficient, reliable, and their services will save you time and stress on any project. And speaking personally for Bob and Kevin, I'll speak for me and for Kevin, I guess, but uh, working with Josh and Beatty Bar Media has definitely reduced our stress and allowed us to be actual content creators, which is what we wanted to be all along. Kevin and I used to share a lot of the production responsibilities and art responsibilities, and we have kicked those out the door. And uh, Josh gives us a really great rate. And speaking of a great rate, for everyone who listens to The Bob and Kevin Show, if they go to bty-barr.media slash show. You can fill out a form there and get 10% off your first audio production adventure with Joshua. So give them a visit at bat-barr.media. Crazy little, uh, what do you call those at the end there? We run a tech uh, Top level domain? Top level, yes. TLD. Uh, Beattybar.media slash BK show for 10% off your first job with Josh. Yeah, Bob, it's like... like- I don't know. You've been doing this for at least two episodes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Josh, I swear we'll get better. I promise. Um, so back to what is the name of the software again? I'm terrible this week. Ab- Absinthe. And that's why I'm confusing with Absinthe, which is alcohol, but it's Absinthe. E-B-S-Y-N-T-H. Do we know anything about why they started this project? I mean, they just did it? I'm I'm not really sure. There's probably a better answer on their website, but from what I've seen, it, like the main use for it is just to change it to, like for an artist, if they want to basically be able to animate an entire thing. Like one of the things I saw was they redid a Disney, like a, a classic Disney movie, and like they made it so it looks like more modern, like they just redid it. So I think that would be a good use for it like um obviously like when disney remasters movies and stuff i'm sure they go frame by frame and do all that but i think this would be a a a nice way to do it um but the actual reason why they started this project i'm not sure i've got it so you know what bob back in the late 1940s um (laughs) we had or mid 1940s we had something called atomic energy wouldn't this be great if we could just have energy you know like (laughs) unlimited what could go wrong? How could somebody use this for something other than good, right? 
I, God, I have like. no idea where this is going, but <laughs> well, I'm just saying this is kind of like one of those examples of, hey, we've got this really tiny, small use case of good. And then we have this whole big room full of bad you can use this for, right? Yeah. And their website has no information about like why the project was started or anything like that. But you can donate Bitcoin. Yeah, I don't know. I made that part. Up. <laughs> okay. Yeah, no, it says it's actually in beta. Um, you can download yep. the beta for Windows or um, Apple. But uh, mm-hmm. no real information on the website, which they just have some, you know, demo videos. I did see that there's tutorials out there. Yes, that's how I found it originally. Um, I was just like on YouTube and browsing around. And that was one of the things I saw. I was like, wow, this could be used in a lot of different ways. Another use case I might use it for is if I wanted to do like a cool effect on one of my videos, like go from a like a really realistic feel to it and then change it into like a cartoon effect for just like a little bit and then go back basically. Also known as Take On Me by AHA in the <laughs> mid eighties, the video. Yeah, but they Grant did that. Has no idea what we're talking frame about. Frame by yes. frame they did that. It was basically rotoscoped. Are you familiar with rotoscoping? Yeah. I rotoscoped a, a video from a pencil drawing to a real video. Oh uh, I might have seen that video. Well it's interesting that Grant brought up uh, Adobe After Effects because they do have some machine learning with their tracking mats mm-hmm. and that's kind of that what it. he was referencing with the, you know, there's a couple ways to do that and After Effects is not cheap. Um, it's very powerful but not cheap. But this Ebsynth, I wonder if when they come out of beta, if it will be a free product still. With no information on the website, it's very hard to tell. What's, what's kind of weird is because when you we talked about, what was that, the uh, GC whatever three GPT three last episode natural language and they kind of closely guard. Hey, if you want an API key, you got to basically prove you're on the good side of you know stuff. But this one is just like yeah, whatever. You can just have this, right? Yeah, but I mean, like you said, I mean there there's some bad that can't be done with it. But since it's you know it's really not machine learning in the way that it would change the content of the video. It's more like just artistically enhancing the content of the video. I I see it as less harmful than the free software that you can download that actually remaps the face and the lips. (laughs) Yeah. I I have a feeling this is evolution one and whatever evolution three is of this. It's, you know, we're now in the matrix and we're just having our digital avatars. Well, it's a common theme of the show, too. What's to say that that software that remaps the facial features in the lips isn't going to combine with this as a plug-in kind of architecture sometime soon and be able to have just more enhanced ability? The audio editing stuff seems to have disappeared a little bit. Have you noticed that? In terms of um, what? Adobe had a... um, I forget what they used to call them, but every year around Adobe Max time, which is there around this time of year again this year, they would have Adobe sneaks and they would show like what's coming to, you know, Adobe products. And they released Sensei, which is their artificial intelligence platform a few years ago now. But right after they announced that, they did a demo of the uh, Adobe Audition editing software that you could basically feed the software 20 minutes of someone speaking and then you could text to speech them. Uh, but you haven't seen that since then because obviously you mentioned that. just because we can doesn't mean we should. <laughs> so you were using that was it otter.io or otter, whatever for otter.ai for show for transcription. Yeah. Um, so around that time, 
we had we'd both been kind of searching for something. I can't remember the name. It starts with a D, but we found another one of those. Hey, feed us some audio, and then oh, you made a goof. Just just correct it in text, and we'll automatically change the audio file. We'll we'll sample because there's only like I don't know twenty some sounds the human voice makes. I forget what they're called already, but anyway, so it, it studies that. So. I think it's out there, but that was a controlled beta. Like you had to, again, kind of convince them that you're not doing this for bad reasons, but it's just a matter of time for that cat gets out of the bag. Yeah. And just quickly to loop back to GPT-3, you know, with their really controlled beta, since that last episode, they signed an exclusivity agreement with Microsoft. Is that true? Um, Yeah, and I think Elon... Uh, Uncle Elon, I like to call him, took a <laughs> took exception to that, and I'm not sure what his exact exception was, but it's probably the whole "what makes Microsoft any better than anyone else." Well, plus to, it was uh, against the charter of the organization. I think that was his main beef, even though he's no longer on the board. So, yeah, e- Elon, Elon, uh, people listen. You know, doesn't matter if he's on the board or not. People, people like to hear old Uncle Elon. He's putting rockets and cars and Teslas in space. Side note, Lex Friedman been listening to a lot of his stuff. And then one thing he was conge- he was saying, you know, you could reason if you're an alien civilization watching Earth, given it enough time, it will emit a Tesla into the atmosphere. <laughs> <laughs> and that is a true statement. You know, given it enough time, a civilization will begin to emit Teslas from its planet. I think it's already made a lap around Mars. Isn't that is that true? I, I believe so. Yeah, and it's and it's it's gonna come back towards earth um but it's going to keep going around and around but so it's just going to orbit between earth and mars it's a good question and i do not have the answer but i i know it's 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 due to come back towards earth not to earth i don't think (laughs) wouldn't that be crazy (laughs) man florida man dies from (laughs) tesla (laughs) getting car in the head (laughs) the big thing is it's going to actually land on what is it the recovery ship, I still love you, or what is it? Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, um, yeah. One of those weird name ships. Yeah, <laughs> man. Oh, do you ever do that in code? You know, kind of like write little Easter eggs in code, like just name a variable strange or whatnot. So, I guess if you're a billionaire who has his own uh, Tesla factory and um, rockets, you, j- you just get to name these things whatever because, well, you know, why not? <laughs> why not? You can so. All right, Grant, what do you have next up on the docket for us? Ooh, do or, that one. Or do you want more absinthe talk? No, yeah, I think I think we're past that now. Um, the next thing I want to talk about is the... Do you watch Star Wars at all? Or The Mandalorian? Nerds, no. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so... Oh, wait, oh, wait, hold on. Bob's also the guy I tried to convince to watch Game of Thrones forever and ever and ever. And then he finally watched it, and it, I think you totally fanboyed on it. Oh, so. totally. <laughs> oh, yeah. So don't hate, you can actually, I will allow you, because I'm the gatekeeper, I will allow you to hate the movies, but The Mandalorian, that's really good. Well, let's yeah, call it what it is. I, I, I shit talk it because I'm too cheap to get Disney or CBS or whichever one it's on, so. Well, if you have Verizon, you get a year free. Well, I don't personally have Verizon, so that's the problem. All right. You know, it's the old uh, wink and a nod. You know, somebody probably does, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, sorry. The Mandalorian, or... Yes. So, 
Um, basically, I would say this is like a cooler version than the actual like movie series. Honestly, like the way they shot it just like looks stylistically really nice. And part of that is the way that they the way that they shot it. So the way that they shot it is a lot different than you would typically see with a normal movie. Um, if you think about, I don't know if you watch any superhero movies or if that's nerdy as well, but <laughs> a lot of those have like huge green screens. Wait, wait in the time back. out. It is nerdy and it's okay to be nerdy. <laughs> yes. I just want to get that out of yes. the way. Um, anyways, no, th- those usually have like huge green screens in the back and like that kind of makes the actors like have to imagine more things. Um, and also with that, there's a lot of technical things like you get a lot of spill from the green and all that. Like you have to fix a lot of things after the fact. So the way that the Mandalorian is different is that they built a set that has a 360-degree um, LED panel that they can put whatever they want on it, and it basically talks with this camera, um, whatever hardware makes that possible. But it basically has this this hardware and software that work together. Um, I've never, or have you ever heard of Unreal Engine before? Yes. Okay, so. They use that in cooperation with this, and basically that kind of like talks to the camera and paints a certain um, section onto this LED panel right behind the actor. So you basically, whatever the camera sees, that's what it changes. So um, with that, you get a lot of natural lighting that looks really good and looks realistic. And um, there's a lot of parallel or uh, parallaxing effect, isn't that what it's called? Parallax, yep. So all of this works together to like really sell the image, and it does like a really good job. So, so Bob. We sent you a link to the video. So what it might look like is there's a dude standing in front of a big movie screen. Close. However, imagine if you were to be standing and looking at the mountains. You live in the mountains. And as you move to left, to the right, you get the parallax effect. So the stuff in the fr- the distance is moving slower laterally than what's close. Well, if you just had a screen and the dude standing in front of it, it would look like a dude standing in front of a right. screen. But what they do is they use uh, the camera. And the, as the camera moves the background actually morphs and provides a parallax effect. So it's um, real time, real time yes. 3d slash 2d compositing. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it, and it makes it look awesome. Uh, as Grant was mentioning that, you know, they're doing bubble uh, shooting because of COVID so they can, they don't have to go on location anymore in a lot of these cases. So they're moving away from green screen, which is about time, you know, cause we've been doing green screen forever. Yeah, I mean, with, like, part of that, it's obviously COVID. Like, with that, you can have a bubble where you can, like, stay together and make sure, like, everyone just stays together and doesn't go out into the world, which, obviously, like, the NBA and stuff did, so. And Mandalorian's always shot like this? Is that true? Yeah, it just started, so. Yes, so. It's season season two two now, right? Yeah. Season two starts at the end of the month uh, on October 30th. I'm actually pretty excited about that. But the first season, if you haven't seen it, is really good. It's not just because, oh, it's Star Wars and it's just more Star Wars. It's actually written really well. And it's what Star Wars should have turned into. Because I've heard, think of Return... I've heard other fans actually quote that as well. It, 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 I think it takes, plas- it takes place around Return of the Jedi, um, or at least in that era, because I don't know that they're for sure saying when it takes place, but it's got Baby Yoda. I'm sure you've heard of Baby Yoda uh, at this point. But it's been really kind of interesting um, because I think there is like an internal fight going on between uh, like the head of Lucasfilm, Kathleen Kennedy, and John Favreau, who's actually the director and writer of this series, because they have two totally different visions of what the Star Wars universe should be. And uh, clearly, John Favreau gets my vote because <laughs> it's just like 
wow, it's really cool. Anyway, so well, and, and Yoda's like what hundreds and hundreds of years old in the main films. Yeah, I think canon puts him at like eight or nine hundred years old, and then like Baby Yoda, they say he's like fifty or well, eight. Right. But that gives them a lot of runway to not bump into each other for sure. Yeah, and they're they're leaving a lot of it unknown because I just don't think they know how to tie up those loose ends at this point, which is fine. Um, but it's been a it's been a good series. If you're not into that series, um, you should try to. Speaking of which, I saw one last night on. Netflix or not Netflix, uh, Amazon prime, just totally segue into like movies and shows. It's called infinity chamber. Have you ever seen that Bob? Nope. Only your reference that you made the other day. So, so imagine guy is wakes up and he's in a futuristic prison. Doesn't know why he realizes his only interaction with the outside world is through a computer type thing. And I can't really give away more, but it kind of has the feel I mean, it ends really well. It's probably a four and a half out of five, but I would recommend if you have Amazon Prime, check it out. Because you watch the whole thing? Yes, watch the whole... It's, it's just a movie. You know, oh, it's, like it's a, a two, movie, okay. Two and a half, yeah, two and a half hour movie, but it's uh, it's got a nice ending to it, and uh, I think you would really appreciate it because it uses a lot of AI, ML references, and and, you know, sorry, Dave, I can't do that type stuff. <laughs> Well, we'll add it to the list. Hey, Grant, back to the filming technique for Mandalorian. Do -hmm. you see them, have they started using this like in studios for, you know, like the sports broadcasts, like Sunday footballs and things? I mean, I I could see that being advantageous for their studio setups for sure. Yeah, I don't know if they have yet. The other thing with that is how expensive it is. Obviously, when you have huge LED panels that surround you 360 and also on top of you, it's like very expensive. So um, as, as it gets cheaper, I'm sure more people will accept the practice, but as of now, I don't see it a lot. Um, what is really cool about it is, um, rather than doing a lot of post-production work, you're really doing pre-production work in rendering whatever you want. And also like, you don't even have to have the scene all the way rendered. Like basically you can change it on set. So like what they show in this is if you have a mountain somewhere and you want to move it to the left side instead of the right side of the frame you can just move it real quick and it's automatically like done for you. So that part of it's really cool. And you can obviously change it from either day to night. So you don't have to have that limitation to it. So it's just insane. And the, the actors can actually see it because mm-hmm. one of the big problems with green screen is they got to pretend that something is there and you usually get a depth problem with their eyes. It's always the eyes kind of give it away. <laughs> and then the lighting green screens always get that green hue or spill as Grant calls it. And then um, actually just, everyone just, calls it spill. Oh, I guess I'm on in the biz. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, do you remember watching like Dukes of Hazard growing up? They, you know, have like the car scene, you know, and they're driving or whatever. Like the internal, you know, Luke and Bo Duke, you know, totally looks fake because the the lighting that's on the actors versus the lighting outside. You know, the trees are getting bright, dark, bright, dark, but the actors never change their lighting whatsoever. Dude, you don't you know? have to go back that far. Most in car stuff still is terrible as far mm-hmm. as the way they handle the windows. Mm-hmm. I believe that. So yeah, lighting is everything. Um, so yeah, cool stuff here. Grant, what, do you see most of the post stuff like having to like retouch seams? Because I mean, it can't it can't be seamless, right? Yeah. Um, from what I've seen, the only things that you have to do. So they still 
put green screens in there occasionally. Like, I don't think they're ever going to get rid of them fully. Like they said in this video, basically, there's always the need to like add someone in. And like for that, the best practice is just to like have a green screen behind them and put them in real quick or something like that. But um, with that, I would say like, I, wait, what was the question? <laughs> I forget already. Just like the you, Re retouching and post. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. So like, I don't know if they're going to get rid of it all the way. And like, also I think the bottom floor um, is not LED panel. So that's a little bit something like they have to the be ground careful. and ceiling. Yeah. So like the, the ceiling actually is LED. Well, you know, the ground that's, is coming. It'll be, yeah, have the ground that. is definitely coming. Yeah. yeah. So that's the one thing that I got to fix. So a lot of the shots are like just straight on, but um, I do feel bad for the, the post-production guys. Cause like usually obviously with like huge films and stuff like that, that's like their main job usually is just doing all the visual effects and everything like that. Maybe their job is going to transition more to doing the pre-production stuff or doing the stuff with, within unreal engine. So we'll yeah, see. the sets are still going to have to be, I mean, th they'll probably just transition Maybe, their skill yeah. set to more 3d modeling and stuff instead mm -hmm. of, instead of, you know, retouching video. hundred percent. Yeah. All right. So what do you got next or, <laughs> well, <clears throat> that's that's uh, those two um, kind of production-y topics. But I have a question for Grant because Bob and I, we, we're always hating on social media and whatnot, but we were born outside the Matrix existing, right? We were born prior to that. But you, you were born in a time where we've always had the internet or the MP3 was already in existence, um, where social media hadn't quite started, but by time you were old enough to know any different, it was, and you're a big social media guy. So what do you think <laughs> social media looks like in five years from somebody of your age, the good, the bad, the ugly, any of that? Right. So I would say like I was definitely timed up well as far as like everything um, as far as like social media and also like me being able to use social media timed up really well because um, I was in middle school when basically it was really popular and stuff was really naive at that point. Like you could obviously like I was a middle schooler basically able to talk to these businesses without them even knowing and able to like basically work with them and they didn't even know. So that's crazy. But um, I would say in five years, everything's moving to monetization, obviously. And I'm pretty sure you guys talked about, um, what is that one movie called? The, oh, oh, the social, social dilemma. dilemma. Yeah, social dilemma. So like everything is about <laughs> controlling other people, basically. And like I've, I've dealt with that a lot as far as um, even like with my social media accounts, like when you have that much power, you have like, I only had like 250,000 followers, which is a lot. Only. only. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Which is a lot, but like also not a lot in, in respects of like celebrities and stuff. So with that comes like great power, obviously, because you can tell them to do whatever. And if they really dig your content or really dig what your brand's about, then they're going to follow it. So um, what it kind of relates to now and like, obviously it's pretty bad now. And it was last election, like with everyone being influenced by social media, I think like in five years, that's obviously four years. So, um, well, five years it's included <laughs> with the four. Please so explain in five years the how next, it's four. The next election will happen. And I do think that it'll be a next, even like more complicated than it is now with how, how much you can get influenced. Like for example, uh, I don't know if you guys know Billy Eilish. 
Have you oh, heard yeah. of her? Yeah. Okay. So she is Can't 18. Recognize that click and... trek anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> so she is 18. She's the bad guy, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Bad guy. <laughs> um, but yeah, so she's really young. She has a lot of um, following, obviously. And a lot of her following is younger people. And you can say that with a lot of celebrities right now. And with that, people will do pretty much whatever the celebrity tells them to do to an extent. So um, if this if this celebrity, uh, make it Billy, for example, if she is a huge Trump supporter, then she has all these followers that are going to basically listen to what she says and will be influenced by that. And like, I just know now that people are so influenced, like I, I would say that I'm not as influenced and like do whatever the, these celebrities say, but like, I just know there's like a huge, like cult following to, to a, like a point basically where they just do whatever. Um, like it, I don't know if you guys have seen like the K-pop stuff, but like that is like an extreme example of it. Yes. So I, it's just crazy. So <clears throat> it comes back to, you really shouldn't have idols. You should never meet them if you do. And people love to be sheeple. Mm-hmm. Let's go back to the monetization aspect, though, because you did, you monetized stuff just through the sale of accounts, correct? Like you didn't. Yes, I did that. So I, I would sell Instagram accounts once I built a following. But That's against the terms, by the way. I, I'm not sure. I cannot confirm or deny that. But <laughs> basically, obviously, you can only sell the account at the end of your, like when you're done with it. So you can either do it a whole bunch of times. And that's fine, but like obviously it's not really a, a repeatable thing because you're gonna sell it and then you can't use it anymore. So what I did was I sold ads on it as well. So if a company basically wanted to tell me that you can run an ad for like 24 hours, they pay me like 100 bucks, and I just post whatever they tell me to post, and people are influenced by that. They're like, oh, if this person says that it's a good product, uh, then maybe I should buy it. So you see that a lot. Like obviously I like camera stuff and everything like that. And companies usually just send it out to like the top 10 reviewers. So like Peter McKinnon or one of those guys, those are huge people with like five, this guy has 5 million uh, subscribers. And even if they don't like the product, they don't really state it. They just say like all the good things about it. And then at the very end, they're like, oh yeah, these are some of the bad things about it. And like, it's just like a very small portion of it. So <laughs> it's slimy. <laughs> so like that's yes. an influencer ad slot. Now, they have mm -hmm. stuff in place now where you have to identify those, right? Like it's a paid yes. promotion, like it gets Correct. a paid promotion tag. You but have to have I'm like sure a hashtag ad. Yeah, there's probably ways like around that too, right? Yeah, I mean, like I said, it's it's changed a lot because this is kind of like a new thing. Like back when I first started, I said everything was more naive. Like people, they they didn't even have Instagram ads back then. So it's it's just changed so much and it's really the wild west. So they, they got to constantly like change the, the standard. And I guess until there's rules being made for certain specific things, then you can do whatever you want, essentially. Are you uh, experimenting at all with any of the more traditional monetization? Like, I, I mean, I don't really know how that works on an Instagram, but like on a YouTube where if you have a YouTube channel, you monetize when you have enough followers, I mean, mm -hmm. Kevin, well, I guess this is more of a question for Kevin too. Do you, I do it as well, but yes. <laughs> what's your, what's your YouTube channel? Um, well, I have my own, but yeah, here, I'll, I'll say it. So it doesn't sound like he's boasting. Cause I'll <laughs> boast for him. 
he he's running an NFL current NFL rookies YouTube oh, channel. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Right now. Yep. So with that, um, the success that we've had. So we started it back. He started it, but basically at the same time, he was like, "Can you help me out?" Um, we started it back in summer, probably like July. And so from then to now, we have 40,000 subscribers. So that's pretty cool. We've gotten that pretty fast. And I think we have about 600,000 channel views right now on like four videos. So it's been really nice. And I've also kind of like been thrown into the things because like I didn't really do a lot of monetization before, but now I see all that on the back end. So it's interesting to see. And like, I don't know if it's, I I think it kind of depends on your audience on how much you make, but from how how much did you make on per thousand for you? Is it two dollars, two dollars and fifty cents or something like per that? Per thousand views. Per thousand, yeah. Uh, yeah, something like that. Yeah, so like I thought it was a lot more when I when I first started and like when I didn't really have a, a channel, but then like you kind of realize it's all about volume. Yeah, you you really have to like build up a huge library of videos. So someone I know, I don't know if you guys know him. His name's David Dobrik, but he really makes like a ton of videos and like they're all four minutes long, but that means people watch them until the end. And also like he has like a, a million or not a million, but that obviously a lot of videos on his channel, but they all get tons and tons of views. And like basically you just, um, just build up that library and people just keep viewing over and over. But to give you like a, um, uh, aspect of, or basically what, what happens with our channel, you, you don't get your money right away, first off. And right. then second off, I think we've only made like a thousand bucks on six hundred thousand views. So only. Yeah. <laughs> but I guess but the big in like question the grand is, of things, it's not that, are you that at much. the mercy of the platform of what ads are run at the beginning, end, and middle of your or do you get to pick advertisers? Yeah, so you can you can pick um where in the video it is. But not but what not, it is. Not what it is, but it's going to be based off of what the interests of the person watching. Flat is. earthers. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so it's, it's really interesting to see that side of things because I didn't really see that before. And the amount of like support and like, like I said, I was telling him before when I make videos, like obviously my my audience is a lot smaller. So like I do get a lot of support from my videos in my in my small audience, but like it's insane to see the amount of support. Like I'd make these, I put these jokes in the video and before, like if it was just my own personal channel, like no one would say anything or think it's funny. And then with this, like there's like thousands of people commenting and it's just crazy. So Grant, how many, how many videos are in this uh, person's channel? And I don't know if you want to say who it is, but, yeah, uh, but that. okay. But how many videos do you got so far? Uh, I think we have five videos and, and I filmed one, but and- I've edited the rest. And how many views have you already gotten for the channel? 600,000. 600,000 on four videos. Let that sink Five in. Videos, but yeah. Yeah. Five videos, I can count. But you and I have <laughs> joked about this forever. If one of us was famous, this would be a slam dunk. <laughs> it's, yeah, yeah exactly. and, and clearly, Bob, that's your responsibility. Would you please get famous? I thought I didn't meet my career objective there, and so therefore it's now your career objective. Bob, on a scale of one of five, needs improvement on <laughs> yeah, your fame. Exactly. Just saying. <laughs> Uh, see now on the podcast side of things, Grant, um, through Podbean, who is our platform host, we actually would have the ability, we can set the time slots, but then we also have the ability to accept an ad offer. So we're, we're in the pool 
you know, we're mm-hmm. swimming. Unfortunately, we're not allowed to swim with the cool kids. So nobody. <laughs> yes, um, we are. We're ready to hit that button as soon as we get yeah. anything. <laughs> but we could have the right of first refusal. So like if a company wanted to advertise on a slot, they'd tell us the CPM. So like the advertiser sets that. So we would pay, you know, like some would say, we'll pay you $10 per thousand. Some would mm-hmm. be like, we'll pay you a thousand dollars per thousand listeners, which would be great. But then mm-hmm. we also have to know the content of the advertisers ad. And then we could say yes or no. Mm-hmm. So, but I so know the big I, platforms don't have that. I'm fully prepared for Bob to legally change his name to Joe Rogan, but <laughs> I don't think he's, you know, going to bite on. <laughs> I think Joe might have a problem with that. <laughs> Did your dad, well, all right, here's another big question I have, because this will be relevant when Josh is on the show. Grant, do you call your dad dad, or do you call him Kevin? Uh, I call him dad. Okay. <laughs> Josh will probably but, have a different answer next week. <laughs> really? Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm not, I don't know. It seems, I don't know. What age do you stop calling your dad dad? And if you do. I, I don't know that it's an age thing. It's just uh, in in my bubble, you don't. True story. True story. My sassy daughter is the one who started it and she started it probably when she was six years old. (laughs) She just one day started calling me Bob and the boys didn't for a very long time, but I think now (laughs) they've transitioned to that too. So it's just very interesting. Yeah. That was very (laughs) All right. There there was uh, a follow-up question to that too, but I can't remember what it was. So. All right. So, Grant's very into camera tech, so he's, he's, you know, I go, hey, what should I get? And he always tells me, your stuff's crap, Dad. You should get a whatever, whatever, whatever. And I'll say, hey, you know, I'm using Camtasia, and he's like, laughs at me. So Full Grant, disclosure, you, I laugh at him when he says use Camtasia as well. <laughs> oh, Thank you. I appreciate it. It's quick, easy. TechSmith, if you hear us, you want to advertise on the Bob and Kevin show, I guess this kind of counts. But, you know, whatever. We'll take some money, too. Okay. Grant, what kind of gear do you, uh, do you use on a typical shoot? Because just setting the expectation here, he goes out on video shoots, and so he's a one-man operation. So walk us through, like, a typical shoot. What are you using, and how do you get it out? Yeah. So, um, I started on, I made a YouTube video on all this. Um, and basically I really want to help videographers cause in, in the sports space, it's not really the same. Um, I think it's a lot, a lot different the way you approach it. So there's like the cinema side of things where you're recording like audio of actors and stuff and you have that aspect of it. But my side of things, it's a little different. Um, I want the thing that's going to work best for me. So what's really important for me is getting slow motion, uh, you need autofocus, so all that's very important to me. You need long lenses, so I shoot on the A7 III, and I'm about to upgrade. And that's a, that's a Sony camera. Yep, Sony A7 III. Keeping track at home. Yeah, yep, and I used you. to shoot on, <laughs> I used to shoot on a Panasonic um, GH5, so that was a really great camera as well, and I still have it. But each camera really has its own own thing, I guess. Uh, that's really good about it, and with that. Uh, right now is a very interesting time because uh, there's it's like the renaissance for cameras right now. And there's so many cameras that you can get with like super good quality. And back in the day, I don't really know because I wasn't like around and doing video stuff. But I, I just always heard that it was like really expensive to even make movies or I mean, it still is. But like 
it's came down a lot in price oh, and like yeah. the quality that you get for the price now is like insane. So a lot of cameras out right now. I'm looking at getting a cinema camera. Hopefully we'll see what happens. That's a Canon camera for those keeping track Cin- at home. Yeah. Well, like a cinema or maybe 4D. A Sony one. Like a cinema 4D. Uh, is cinema that 4D. Is? I, I want to get into that software, but no, that's different. Okay, but, sorry. um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Bob, that's different. <laughs> Anyways, no, but uh, cinema cameras are like, it's a general term. So, dad, you're kind of right, but like. Ah, damn. Getting beat down. Kind of right. So, so Canon has like C100, C200, C300, and C500. And those are like the cinema cameras. So, what a cinema camera is compared to like a camera that someone else would use and at the amateur level is it has a lot of features that make it useful for like a movie, I guess. So. There's these things called indie filters and those are built in. So you hit like a button and if it's too bright, like the image is too bright, you hit a button and it changes it to make it dark. And that's without changing any of like the shutter speed and aperture and all that good stuff. So it's a little bit technical stuff, but that's part of it. And also dynamic range is a huge part of it. So that means the amount of stuff you can see. So for example, if you're filming outside um, and it's a super sunny day, the, the chances are like the person is going to be super blown out um, either one way or the other. So they're going to be super like shadowy and then the sky is going to be perfectly exposed. And then there's the other way around where uh, the person might be exposed perfectly, but the sky is going to be blown, blown out. out. Right. So w- with the more you pay, the better dynamic range you get and the more stuff, everything like looks very natural and like good to your eye. So I'm really trying to get into that space. And like I said, everything is getting to the point where you can get cinema uh, camera quality for like cheap. So I've been using a mirrorless camera for a while now. They just um, released a new one. It's like the next step version or next step up of my camera that I have now called the A7S III uh, by Sony. And it's like so popular right now that people cannot even get it. It's on pre-order and it's super popular. And it's really funny because Canon dropped a similar camera with better specs and everything. I had 8K video and all that and it sounds like great and then they had this huge issue with the cameras overheating and people weren't even able to use it so what canon is known for is like really reliable cameras and they're also known for not really pushing the envelope as far as like the technology they usually hold back their cameras and sony's like the complete opposite typically they're less reliable they have more edgy stuff in the camera so it's it's kind of like a weird thing to see but Canon lost the battle in this in this aspect. So they've been dropping so many cameras right now to to kind of battle the A7S3, but they definitely lost in this situation. So as a cinematographer, is that more like is that like being a golfer? Do you have a bunch of different cameras for a bunch of different purposes, or is it one camera that kind of suits it all? He shoots everything on iPhone, just like Tim uh, Cook tells everyone <laughs> you could do. You don't even need these cameras. What are we talking about? Um, so I think there's different. Um, cameras that fit different jobs, but f- most often than not, I only use one camera. And like for interviews specifically, it's always nice to have like a another camera that you can cut to. Like that allows you to hide hide edits. I don't know if you see like documentaries usually, but it seems like they're talking really well, and like there's no uhs or buts or anything. But or not buts, but. <laughs> But yeah, anything you, you that might get more views if there's more buttons. That's, <laughs> that's all I'm true. <laughs> but it seems like they're talking really fluent and everything. But really, it's just like different camera angles, and it's kind of like a uh, illusion because you cut 
to another uh, another camera angle when they when they mess up basically and it just makes it look really nice so is that two cameras with identical specs or is that just some post work to kind of like even out the footage um it depends what your budget is but for me uh, i have two cameras that are different brands so it's a little different and also like with with the new Sony A7S3 compared to my A7 III, they changed the color science of it, so it looks a lot it looks a lot better. So um, with that, a lot of it is the color grading aspect of things. I like to think about video making as different different parts. Obviously, usually with a big studio, um, there's different jobs that you might have. Uh, for example, pulling focus or editing only or color grading only. And these are all different jobs. So I would say like part of it. Is filming and um, getting the audio and everything, but the other part, if you don't nail that as well, which is the editing part, it's not going to be a good video. Bob, you you wouldn't be able to relate in the programming field to have to wear many hats and just you know <laughs> fudge your way through it all, right? Yeah, but I I mean I think in if if we wanted to translate it into that speak, that would be almost having like um, JavaScript many JavaScript developers that only handle like, okay, this guy is only going to make the functions. And then this person is only going to make the calls. I mean, well, I mean, that's pretty low level. I mean, we do have front end, back end, DevOps, you know, we do, but I mean, like Grant was saying, you can break the production part of it down into not just the editing. You can have like the, you know, there are tickets. Well, yeah, you can have the, but the color grading, you know, like the, all those are kind Sound. of part of the process, but they're very specific more of a lines. pipeline yeah. workflow. Yeah, workflow stuff for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, I've got a question. So Bob and I usually talk about, um, you know, just how times have changed. So think back to high school, Grant, one not long ago, and maybe maybe Bob, you have some insight from Lillian here. What does number of followers and what phone you have have? as an impact on social stuff. Yeah. I'll tell you right now, I did like, I get completely or I get treated completely different from when I had no followers compared to now. So it's definitely important, like past the, the joke part of that. Like it's definitely really important. Um, not, I, I guess it's not like important, but it's like, it's a thing. Yeah. It's a thing. And like, I don't know. I, I definitely get treated better because of it. But you're talking, uh, well, are you talking socially or from a business perspective? I'll say both. Honestly, okay. like people, you always like hear the cliche, like um, people don't get treated well when they're like not famous, but when they get famous, everyone's like, Hey, do you remember me? Give me some money, <laughs> something like that. So it's kind of like the same thing, <laughs> except with like followers or something. Just carry monopoly money. So that's, that's interesting though. What is, so since you do have a decent cultivation of followers, what is an ask that you get? Like, uh, you built this website for me. Oh wait, sorry. That's you. (laughs) No, it's, (laughs) it's definitely like my DMS are constantly filled and I'm sure this is the same with every successful content creator. I'm not saying I'm successful into to any extent, but I would say that my DMS are definitely full of questions of, Hey, can you make me a mixtape, which is like a athlete or like an athlete video? Or hey, can you answer this camera question for me? And to an extent, like I like helping people, but also at the same time, like it's very, very draining for me because I, I look at my DMs and it says sixty plus messages that I need to respond to. And if you think about it, you got to think about it as: is this actually going to like 
help me or is it am I just helping other people? Because at the end of the day, it's just kind of like it's going to take me like two hours to respond to all these DMs. It's a struggle. He barely responds by text messages. <laughs> no, but sorry, it, Dad, get in line. <laughs> it's definitely just like very, very like stressful. I guess responding all that, but like going back to the how you get treated differently. I would say like um, before I made videos. People, I, I was definitely like the nerdy type. Like I would say, I was on that side of things. And once, once I started work these, working with these athletes and working with Notre Dame, it definitely like completely changed the um, perspective people had on me, which could be a good or bad thing. I would say it's a good thing to an extent. Like I said, um, people still try to get my attention for like, even if they didn't like me in the past. So it's it's definitely interesting. Are they trying to get your attention for freebies or like? I mean, you got um, some ladies sliding into the DMs too. Or like, <laughs> there's definitely, definitely, there's ladies, but <laughs> that's just one aspect of My it. My dad's sitting right next to me, Bob. <laughs> but um, he's a grown ass no, yeah, man. It's, <laughs> it's uh, it's just something like obviously w- with the ladies aspect of it. Not getting too much into it, like obviously famous people get more ladies in general just because of who they are. Um, whether that be the money part of it, because you know. But also just like the social, you instantly upgrade to whatever level they're at and you get whatever they have essentially. So, Do you have any issues with people trying to use you as an access point to some of the people you work with? Yes. Um, I've had many people ask me when I work with like a specifically a Dallas Cowboys player. He's very well known and went to, went to Notre Dame. But <laughs> basically he... Like people would ask me, hey, can you, uh, I make art. Can you help me? Um, like, can you talk to Jalen real quick? Can you set up the meeting with <laughs> us? Yeah, we're pros, man. <laughs> totally. Yeah, they're just like trying to get, use me to get to them to, to get business essentially. And it's just, at that point, like I'm not, I'm not there for them. So it's, it's something I just don't really deal with. That's an interesting aspect of that whole, you know, getting popular, getting traction, getting noticed. I just wondered if that was something you had to deal with already. Yeah, like it's still small scale, but I can't imagine what it is to be like super duper famous. I can't like the amount of fake people that you'd probably have in your life is very, very ridiculous. So for you, I mean, do you foresee obviously social media is a very powerful tool for you professionally Mm -hmm. and personally. Um, I mean, do you see that aspect ever going away or social media something you're always going to have to be tapped into to continue your success. What he's saying is, Grant, what do you want to be when you grow up? <laughs> well, just more importantly, uh, well, like, mean, well, he, like social media for us, I mean, it's not really helping us. It's not hurting yeah, us. Yeah, look, but, Grant's talking about many thousands, many right. hundreds of thousands of followers, and we're just like, hey, I think we got a hundred followers on this <laughs> one account over here. <laughs> I think I have a advantage just because I started early and I started like I grew up with it essentially. But I mean, he constantly reminds me that obviously I will get old eventually, so I got to stay on top. He's of gonna things. be one of us one day. So <laughs> <laughs> I will get old, so I need to stay on top of trends. But I mean, whether that be social media or not, I just need to make sure to not try to get old <laughs> somehow. Well, well I, think, I think the younger generation has a big advantage because I don't know a ton of people our age, Bob, that are on Twitter. Grant's getting a phone call from one of these people, <laughs> and he's showing it to me here in real time. Anyway, um, 
so I think you know it's a it's a millennial thing. It's a younger thing because um, you and I remember privacy, like when you know privacy is kind of a big deal. And I ask, and of course you're just like, screw yeah. it, you don't get it no more, Kevin. Right. And I'm, I'm still holding out. But Grant, question for you because I've mm-hmm. asked you this before, so you're on record. How do you find a Facebook or something like that tracking your every movement? How does that make you feel? How does it make? Oh, yes. We talked about this. <clears throat> so there's. This is going to be depressing. <laughs> yeah. So there's the good side of things and then the bad side of things, obviously. <laughs> so one good thing is like, for example, if you're an avid shopper, then you may like it when they you, you get ads or something for like a product that you've been talking about or that you've been searching for. <laughs> Alexa's listening. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the good thing like about that. But also the bad thing, obviously, is like I've been on the side of ads and Facebook ads and it's insane how much you can target a certain person. So um, basically they just have you down as a whole bunch of interests and like if you're male, female, whatever. Whether or not you have a beauty mark on the left or the right side. Where you live. And so like insights and analytics are something that I always look at and it's super interesting to me. But also like all that data is able to like be sold essentially and that's what people do. So, so let me ask you a Bob question. Are you, do you feel social media is too invasive? Is it just right? Or is it not enough? Um, I think it'll be, yeah. <laughs> who's going to pick that one, right? <laughs> <laughs> I think, uh, it's, it's a good balance. I would say it's probably getting worse every, every day, obviously, especially with the elections. Wow. Like I, I wish that was not a thing, but, um, it is. And I think it, will get really bad eventually. And like, I always think of like sci-fi movies, like where it's very involved in their lives. Like people that they look at in real life, you can see like how many likes they have and stuff. Like all that would probably be the very, this is where, see, this is where we're as society. We're going to have the problem though, because I think that the common belief of Grant's generation is that it's not too much. And whether, right. whether they've so been trained to believe that or that that's the belief, I mean, but still it's going to be hard to change it if there's a whole generation that's like, meh, it's not that bad. Yeah. Think, think of our spectrum versus his. Our spectrum is, is, well, once upon a time we had a high amount of privacy and we've lost that. Did we? Well, okay. Did we? Well, okay. Compa- relatively okay. speaking. Now, Grant, he's on the same spectrum, but he's way farther down, right? His, his minimum, what he knows is being what minimum invasion of privacy it might be our upper tier of what we're thinking. So it's like a sliding expectation. And over time, it's just eroding faster and faster and faster. And so I always think that generations repeat themselves. You know, I I saw some sort of a survey where they asked a bunch of young people about the Holocaust and world war two. And most young people are like, I don't know know what happened. Something with Jewish people. Yeah. What's cool they go to? Well, all kinds of careful. all kinds of different ones, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, apparently. Um, but the the point is is just, you know, people's frame of references keep evolving as we go into the future. And young people just have a completely different frame of reference from the old people because one day you're gonna be the back in my day we had Twitter and Facebook. Now we have these other twelve things and and they you know, See, I think it's going to be the exact opposite of that. Back when I was a kid, we had Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. Now all we have is no, it's only Facebook. Mm-hmm. Now we just plug into the matrix. <laughs> are <laughs> you uh, are you guys familiar with TikTok? Oh, yeah. Oh, so yeah. Instagram, as they did with Snapchat, 
they basically copied all the features that Snapchat had. Now they copied all the features that TikTok had. They have this thing called Instagram Reels. So Which everybody just their goal, videos their TikToks and puts them on Reels. <laughs> exactly. So it's, it's but, well, so crazy. You're motivated to steal stuff when you're told to sell your company or else. <laughs> you know, you, you better get ready. Grant, mm-hmm. Kevin, together, if you guys want the next disruptor, write an app that takes a video and posts it both to TikTok and Reels at the same exact time. Guarantee Ooh. that already exists. Well, uh, I'm sure it's heavily VC funded right I'd now and losing billions per year. I'd be shocked. <laughs> um, all right. So I have one last question. Grant, I know the answer to this question, um, but there's a follow up to it. So uh, do you ever listen to the show? I have listened to a couple. Oh, <laughs> this is right. my best Trump face. <laughs> <laughs> so I was actually shocked yeah, with that say- response. <laughs> <laughs> I've listened to a couple only because he's told me to, but I I do respect what you guys are doing, like the consistent basis that you guys do it on and the production quality is definitely good. Truth truth be told, we had no topic and you were literally a lifeline for yet another (laughs) episode. We No, but this is a good, um, and I did get your feedback and yes, I was experimenting with Hootsuite a couple weeks ago and that's why our Instagram feed looked like shit. Um, Okay. I haven't blasted it out yet because I'm, collecting content to make it a little bit more diverse so mm-hmm. um but we've really neglected instagram for a very long time so yeah um i'd say it's tough sometimes like you gotta you gotta think about is it worth it so if you have super dedicated <laughs> listeners we then don't yes we don't okay so then at that point you're just like you know hmm. what we have we have people who listen to joe brogan then click on our alien <laughs> episode <laughs> for being real honest yeah it's a very interesting we, we did some experimentation with um not really clickbait naming. but seo with our mm-hmm. naming conventions of our episodes a while back and joe rogan going to spotify has been the best thing that's ever happened to our podcast (laughs) because on a daily basis our top episodes all have reference to joe rogan in the title so it's very it's a big game it's hard we are only asking for 10 percent of what joe gets from spotify yeah i would yeah (laughs) i would take 10 million money wise i'll take 10 mil yeah i would do um I have a question. Do you have, did you have another question, Bob? I did not. I'm getting to that magical uh, minute yeah, of the podcast. <laughs> well, I'm going to ask Grant one yes. question. Grant, on a scale of one to 10, are we in a simulation? Oh, we are on a scale of one to 10. What? What is that? Even? <laughs> All right. One to 100. <laughs> one, one to something. To I don't know. Okay. Um, zero to something. Could be zero. All right. Let's, let's go with a solid seven. Oh, so he's leaning in favor of folks. Mm-hmm. I can't tell. Um, for those of you who are still hanging in, there is an episode where we talk about uh, the simulation a lot. I don't know the number of the episode. You're just going to have to listen to all 79. I mean, are we in the Matrix? 80? Listen to all 80 episodes now to uh, determine that. So, 80. Well, that's a lot. Yeah, we're doing all right. We've been at this more than two years. Is it more than two years or just two years? I don't remember. Uh, it'll be three years. Oh, in shit. November. Oh, oh shit. <laughs> 20, November 2017 is when we started. So I don't know. Maybe we got the math wrong. Maybe it'll be concluding two years. I don't, concluding three years. I don't know. It, it's it been fun. We're going to keep doing it. Um, oh. Grant, thanks for being on the episode. Uh, you really did save our asses today. So we appreciate that. I appreciate you uh, inviting me on and making it very difficult for my dad to get me on here. 
<laughs> yeah, and and you know we have no strings attached other than please leverage your social media accounts for our evil bidding, please. Thank <laughs> <Yep>. you. <laughs> Hit us up on uh, the tweeters at uh, twitter.com slash Bob and Kevin show. I think it's the whole thing, right? God, I need yep. to get better at Just that. Just Google us. Yeah. You know, we, we're, we're super famous. Just Google us. We're everywhere. We respond to our DMs instantly. So, and they're all open because, you know, we're cool like that. So, and, uh, you know, if you even send us an email, we'll might hit that forgot password uh, function and try to log in one day. <laughs> I did actually log in a couple of weeks ago. So I, I do have the password nice. very present in my mind. So thanks. All right. Any parting words from our special guest while he's checking his DMs? Yeah, I'm just responding to, to some things. But uh, no, I think uh, I appreciate you guys or I appreciate you guys having me on and I hope you continue to make great content and come up with new ideas without having to get me in here. Thanks, Grant. Take us. <laughs> what he's saying is he'll be back next week. <laughs> Take us home, Kevin. Um, yeah, you know I don't have much other than uh, I think we should try to do in studio guests more often. Maybe maybe we each try to source some people like in our local hood, <laughs> if you will. That means I have to talk to people. And, yeah, you might have to shower even. Yeah. So I mean. You know, whatever whatever you need and then I need to buy some cables to uh, make this better next time well I told Josh he's up next so we'll have a remote guest next time we'll figure out the details in between thanks for listening tune in next time same bat podcast channel we're out it said bat not bad right bat yes b-a-t <laughs> okay see ya hey have you ever wondered how you can get in touch with us at The Bob and Kevin Show? Well, first, you can try us via email at comments at bobandkevinshow.com. Or are you more into social? If so, you can find us on Twitter at Bob and Kevin Show. Or on Instagram as Bob and Kevin Show. That's Bob, the letter N, Kevin Show. And if you're still on Facebook, you can even find us at facebook.com slash Bob and Kevin Show. And for the serious business fans... You can even find us on LinkedIn at linkedin.com slash company slash the dash Bob dash Kevin dash show. How's that for a handle? Let's connect. <laughs>